to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric. Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen. And I'm Jen Justice. And today we bring you Today's Dream, our bi-monthly update on what's going on in uh, real estate in general, the Kansas City market, a little bit about our own real estate businesses. Uh, it is November 1st. 2023. Welcome to the show. All right, Jen. Uh, you know, we got a, a fair amount to unpack today, right? Oh there's there's, uh, there's so much going on. What's going on in terms of the market? The word slump is being tossed around, yet prices are going up. Certainly doesn't make sense to a lot of people. Interest it, rates are super fun. There's a lawsuit we're going to talk about. There's all kinds of things going on. So kick us off and uh, let's, for our listeners, let's take a look at what's going on in the market locally. All right. Well, I always love to look at uh, the Clay and the Platte County market. As a matter of fact, I gave a presentation this morning to the local rotary here just down the street from Eric, and I included some of these stats in the, the Clay and Platte County, and I'm going to give Eric the honor of doing some of the other ones. So <laughs> right here in our very own backyard of Clay County, which is where we happen to be sitting, we are experiencing the normal kind of more days on market. And I love it because Eric's always like statistics lie. They lie, but they don't lie. You know, that kind you of can. thing. You can. You can misrepresent statistics. That's what I well, like to say. Well, that days on the market has increased year to date 94%, Eric. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's this. This is our discussion about going from uh, on fire to running around like a chicken with your head cut off, right? It's but but still, actually, these well, some of the general numbers aren't too bad. What do you have in Clay County? All right. So just rousting Eric a little bit because really, when we boil that down, what does that mean year to date? It means that we went from seventeen days to thirty three days. Okay, this is still not exactly what we would consider a normal real estate market because I remember back when even I'm going to say 10 years ago okay and I, I might be a little off there but 10 years ago I think our average was probably 120 days maybe 180 days to sale I mean you were thinking four or five showings a month right yeah, I mean yeah. this was normal you didn't normally have this zoo that parades through your house over the weekend and I would venture to say that showings are still up um you know my listing in Smithville just sold but before that you know we were getting sometimes two showings a day but it slowed down significantly from when we had 20 people in line the first day sitting on the street and a lot of that's due to the interest rate so uh average sales price in Clay County a little over three hundred and fifty thousand dollars so up up just about to 7% year to date. And then looking at our closed sales, those are actually down 20%. So last year, uh, 36,003 down 2867 now. So just a few and we're still seeing a little bit over list price in Clay County. I know some counties are seeing more, although I noticeably in the last two weeks, and I do have an investment style listing, I have been getting calls from all over the country asking about our market, how we can help each other, what is your market like, we still have low inventory here, or they they have longer days on the market, but the sellers aren't flexible. I mean, just all kinds of questions from Texas to California to I had a Florida phone call, an Ohio phone call, 
uh, one of my friends from North Carolina. I mean, just all over the country, they've been contacting me because Missouri is apparently still a very attractive place on the radar to invest. And that is why these people are calling. So just a couple of the interesting things. Uh, supply still looking about 1.8 months uh, in terms of Clay County. And that is still way off of what the balanced right. market would be, which again is six months. Yeah, five to six months. Is, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And by the way, to get back to a market that we're used to in Kansas City post-2008, 2009, 2010, post all of that debacle, I mean, Kansas City's always been a seller's market since then. And so even getting past three months would be nice. So uh, let's jump over uh, and do Jackson County real quick, right? So that's Kansas City, that's uh, Independence, Blue Springs, Green Lee Valley. Summit. Yeah, all, so that so Jackson County actually has seen some increases year over year from last September to this September. Uh, the average sales price has gone up. Uh, I'm sorry, the average sales price has gone down just a smidge uh, from 288 to 284. But days on market hasn't uh, gone up over 30. It's still uh, at 29, but it only jumped from 25. So they weren't moving as fast in Jackson County, but they've been more steady than uh, Clay County. Uh, also, uh, they're seeing a higher percentage of the original list price received. They're at 99.2%, which is, again, is up just marginally from 98%. Uh, pending sales are even up. So Jackson County, go. Go Jackson County. Uh, inventory, though, is way down. And, of course, we're going to see that as a theme as we go across a couple of more counties just to give you an idea. Uh, but, uh, yeah, inventory continues to be down. And there's a couple of reasons for that. We'll get into it. That's kind of the picture of Jackson County. What's going on in Platte County? So Platte County, uh, year-to-date, we are now at $439,733. And I was kind of even astounded by that myself. That is so much more... Uh, that is higher than Clay County by quite a bit. But when I thought about it, you've got the National, you've got Wrist Lakes, you've got the Cedar So that, Cedar that's Mills. your average. What's your median? Uh, median was 385, but that's still significantly higher. Right. But I mean, so when people, when we start talking about average and median, remember that the super high-priced homes bring the average up. Median is what's the number that's in the middle? So if we if there were uh, 1,000 home sales and we put them in order, what's number 500? That's but to the give median. people an idea, Clay and Platte County butt up to one another, and they're, I don't want to say they're interchangeable, but they're very fluid, right? So to see these differences just right next door to Clay County is, sure. a, is a little bit eye-opening even to me as a realtor, yeah, right? Well, most, was, yeah, most Kansas cities think of the Northland as kind of a unit, yeah. Right, so when we look at those, and it's, I did, Note, uh, because I've had a client from Wichita that I've been working with for some time, and there is now going to be the estates at Chapel Ridge, and I was talking to the agent over there, starting at a million dollars. So yeah. that's going to bring your average. Helps and your, your average Yeah, a little bit. that's yeah. going to bring all of that up. Uh, days on market has jumped from 24 last year to 41 this year. And then uh, they're right at 100% of list price now. So not seeing that just a percent over like Clay County, but right at 100%, which is down 2.2% from last year this time. Pending sales, looking uh, at about 1,152 year-to-date on that, down from last year, 1,529, and that is down almost 25%. So gotcha. kind of the overview. Supply, of course, is now at two months. Ah. I would attribute that directly to those higher priced homes and higher interest rates because obviously less people can afford that kind of stuff, which will 
flip the supply on the positive side, uh, whether that's good or bad when we're looking for attainable housing is a whole other subject, yeah, right, Eric? We, we, yeah, we start talking about <laughs> supply in areas that have higher priced homes and their supply numbers are up. So, for example, Johnson County, which of course has a lot of variation, but then again, so does Platte County, but there is a fair amount of higher priced homes in Johnson County. Uh, they've been doing pretty well, so their uh, their average price is five hundred and eleven thousand. Really, that's crazy, five hundred and eleven thousand for an average, with a median of four thirty. So that's that same disparity between the two numbers. Um, days on market has escalated pretty significantly in Johnson County from twenty to thirty four. Still nowhere near enough uh, for your for your buyers to be super comfortable. Uh, their percentage of original list price has actually gone down a smidge, down to 100.7, so just over 100% uh, percentage price. And then uh, just kind of uh, supply, uh, 1.9 months. So, you know, better than the 0.7 we were seeing eight months ago, but uh, still, still pretty tight. You know, real quick, just because we don't tend to get out of these four counties very often, uh, let's take a look at Cass County. Right down there, I think is peculiar in Cass County. It's down. It's that way. I don't. Harrison, I believe so. I drive through it every time I go to a horse yeah, event. Yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly where the line is. Um, but uh, they have an average sales price of just three fifty nine. Uh, but their median is three thirty six. So pretty tight there. So that means there's probably not a massive amount of variation in the. Uh, uh, prices of homes as a general rule. Days on market right on par with 33 is the average right now. Still getting almost 98% of their asking price. Uh, and their supply, though, is 2.2 months. So a little bit easier as we go further out, which is not a shock to get some, uh, uh, you know. A little bit more time. A little bit more time, right? You get to, you get A little bit more supply. Get, a, get an extra This is not there. significant on any one of these, though, to be clear. Yeah. Like, this is... They're all pretty similar in terms of what we're talking about here, and hopefully for all of our data geeks out there, we have right. satisfied That's your right. this is data Jen, quenching. Jen right does this here. for me, really. Uh, uh, no, actually, I mean, you know, I have the right. degree in economics, so I do like it, and I love the graphs. I always get into the graphs and uh, was using the one from Fred earlier from the St. Louis Federal right. Reserve, and if you're a graph geek, the St. Louis Fed has amazing graphs. I think they do one of the better jobs of the feds out there, so check it out if you want. Uh, it's Fred, St. Louis Federal Reserve. They're pretty cool. So uh, we kind of have this situation, which we've talked about before, but it's, it's still around, which is, well, because I know news media outlets, I mean, I'm just, I click through them and everything, and they're talking the, the word slump, the word downturn and all of that. And, and once again, there are real honest-to-goodness downturns going on in certain parts of the country, but not ours. And so, but it does make you wonder. We've got interest rates that uh, apparently in the last few days have uh, bumped up again uh, because of the Treasury yield going up to be true finance geeks. But, um, you know, so we have stuff in the sevens pushing eight. Uh, we were we were dipping down in the sixes a little bit. Um, and then uh, later on, we'll talk about some great programs that we know are available if you're trying to get into uh, a, a some kind of attainable uh, housing. But anyway, if the interest rates are driving people not to buy, and by the way, the other thing interest rates are doing, and it's very key to this situation, is it's driving people not to sell. So when you were at the peak of, you know, right after post-pandemic, when everything was dropped down to try to stim stimulate the economy, you know, I refinanced my house at less than 2.5%. Now, it's a short note, but nonetheless, I mean, I'm not walking away from that. I'm not going to give up my 2.5% for a 7.5% 
loan. I'm going to have to hate my house or have to move. Have for, to move. Right. For, right. And there's certainly plenty of people that are in that situation. Yeah. This morning I had somebody raise their hand that they locked in in the twos and uh, I'm in the threes. I think you're in the threes as well, aren't you? Uh, I'm under two and a half, but that's because I did a 10 year note. So Yeah. So we're all sitting, you know, I, yeah. obviously it affects my thought process if I would move or not to move. And I'm probably the most motivated person to move in my house. My you daughter and I my will, husband. You, you can't move. You nobody gets picked. Uh, I'm I'm in the minority right now, so the votes uh, outweigh me greatly. But I'll tell you what I am doing. Everything I always tell my sellers to do, you know, and that's do things because you want to enjoy them while you live there. And uh, there's always little maintenance things about your house. So I recently had some windows that were foggy. I replaced those. They were big picture oh, windows. Oh, did you get them replaced? I did get them replaced, ah. and I got them retented. So that is done, um, and we're, we're just working on a few other little things, concrete stuff to keep up with. I have over a quarter mile of concrete around my house, so just concrete, just little things. And I'm like very adamant now that I know I may want to sell in the next five to ten years, and this is just Jen dreaming over here. Okay, so don't hold me to it, but. I'm doing these things because I truly want to enjoy them. And that's always what I preach yep. to my seller. Yep. I've tried to do that along the way, but I'm making a, a definitely more concerted effort. Uh, next up will be remodeling my master bathroom. My, I say my, my husband is also in the bathroom. So it's <laughs> our master bathroom, my closet. And then I'm going to start working on my deck and some spindles. So I've got a list of things that yeah. I'm kind of right. launching off on uh, trying to do. So Very nice. our, our listeners can get up to date with me on all of that. And I don't know if I'm going to post pictures or not. Probably not in my closet because I am a messy closet keeper, quite <laughs> frankly. I have never seen your closet. It's a th mess. That doesn't surprise me. I've seen your office. So. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> It's like a genius at work. That's what I'm. There that's what go. I'm telling myself, anyways. <laughs> so, so we've got this 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 interest rate, which we know is stifling sales, and it's probably the largest thing because it's not only affecting people's ability to purchase, but it's affecting the number of homes on the market. But the net result of that is, with the low inventory, the people who are trying to get into their first homes or the people that need to move or just want to move and the interest rate is not uh, keeping them from the market, um, they're still having to do some competition, right? We still see prices climbing, right? The average home price in the Kansas City, we, we just went through the numbers, you know, but it's, it's in the Kansas City metro has gone up uh, year over year. And that's, you would think, well, if there's less buyers out there, but there's so few homes out there to buy, uh, that means that, you know, with competition, supply and demand, right? It's economics 101. So prices are still going up. That makes it really tough for people who are needing what we like to call attainable homes. And that just means something that's, you know, uh, in, in, in underneath some of these average home prices, most people uh, uh, are not. What was the average home in Johnson County? It was like 511 or something. Yeah, I was over a most, half a million. Most people are not going to be able to spend a half a million dollars on their first home. Now, well, and the new construction is a similar way even over oh, here. Yeah. It's like $500,000 becomes what is a, yeah. there's just not a lot available under 500 in that new construction realm almost period there's there's very little so locally uh we want to talk a little bit about uh, a program in missouri anyway uh that um certain um lenders well it's uh it's a missouri program we'll just say some lenders do more of them than others yeah there you go so it's the mhdc program 
which is a little bit of Missouri homes, making homes affordable kind of a thing. I'm The acronym is slipping me right now. There is one for it, but it's MHDC. And recently, when I sat down with one of our lenders, that interest rate was in the fives. Wow. Now, MHDC has a uh, income qualification, but it's not uh, it's not a it's poverty line thing. Think. Yeah, it's higher than you'd think. Missouri uh, Housing Development Commission. There you go. There you go. Sorry about that. Um, so there, and uh, they also have again. You've got to qualify for certain things. They have down payment assistance. They have a variety of other things that Missouri is doing because they're trying to promote people to get into homes, right? Which you know. We're about to find out when Jen tells us about this next piece. The government is finally realizing how critically important this is for generational wealth and uh, and long-term wealth. And when you start talking about strengthening the economy, you strengthen the economy by people having money and spending it. That's where I mean. That's what, what the whole economy. Not that I'm an economist, but I mean, you know, the, I am. But but yeah, as a general rule, that's a good thing if people have money and they spend it. So, uh, Missouri, shout out to them for this particular program. And uh, I've had a buyer go through that program. I've had a lot of buyers go through it over time. It's been around for a while, but it's kind of one of those things that ebbs and flows. Um, And obviously, when we had the uh, burning fire hair market thing going on, you weren't really able to get some of these programs in the door just because of the competitive nature of the market. And so the the program does come with some conditions, checklist, et cetera, et cetera. And so there just wasn't an opportunity for that when cash was flooding the market and Mm -hmm. the sellers are looking at, well, this cash offer is the path of least resistance for me. So since we are past that a little bit, I'm not going to say we're past that every time because we're not. Uh, There's still certain situations that draw it when you get that uh, cherry-picked gorgeous home that pops out uh, at $250,000, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, at $250,000, we are still like, let's get this house going. But most of the time, you know, someone will look at an MHDC in this market nowadays. So. Absolutely. And and some of the things that they were less inclined to look at, FHA loans, yeah. uh, you know, VA loans, et cetera, they're, they're well. So good news there for buyers. Yeah, absolutely. Some good news for buyers. But uh, also sort of big news uh, on a national level, the, the current uh, administration has determined that they need to invest in housing. So, Jen, tell us about that. Yeah, so just a little over a week ago now, uh, the Biden administration announced new federal actions aimed to burst first-time home ownership, including a multi-billion, with a B, <laughs> dollar proposal that aims to build new homes for hundreds of thousands of low-to-middle-income families. Uh, Biden is calling on Congress to fund the Neighborhood Homes Tax Credit. This seeks $16 billion to build, rehabilitate uh, approximately 400,000 new homes and aim to uh, fix up homes. This hopes to get the accumulation of generational wealth going across the country. Wow, they even said generational wealth. They did. Now In I, the press release, Eric. You, know, you said the president, the, the current president's name, President Biden, and a portion of our audience probably has already turned off the podcast. Please don't turn off the podcast. Just remember, realtors are not red and they are not blue. We're we, purple. We are purple. And we love any program or law that helps people uh, get housing and protects property rights. Well, and and what I want to say too is that this act is 
bipartisan. So there's bipartisan legislation on this working together. I, do they still do that in Washington? They do <laughs> do that in, in legislation. And let me back up here because I got on MHDC and I I uh, dumped my, my uh, other housing thing that I was going. Now, here it is. Neighborhood Homes Investment Act. Okay. Introduced in the Senate by Ben Cardin and Todd Young. Uh, we also have Republican Mike Kelly and Democrat Brian Higgins. So, so there you go. Bipartisan legislation. The National Association of Realtors is behind this legislation. Uh, and a whole host. If you go to Neighborhood Homes Investment Act, you can study up on this. I am just starting to unpack this. I, like I said, literally came out last Monday. So just started to unpack all of this. But hot off the press to you, our esteemed listeners, it's coming. Yeah. And and so it just just points out that there are people out there that are recognizing the 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 broad scope of why this is important and then how these programs are you know going to be able to affect you. We were talking earlier uh, about the um, let's call it eight percent. I haven't looked in the last like 48 hours and it fluctuates a lot. But let's call it a seven and a half or eight percent interest rate. And you know, I know we have a whole generation of people in this country that think that's atrocious when actually that's like the the exact was it twenty um, five year average or something. Um, and and uh, I keep reminding people that you know homes were being purchased in the early eighties at fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen percent. So uh, I it, it's a shock, but it's probably not really. Um, uh, egregious. It's not terrible. It's just, you know, it does make housing harder to attain. Well, I think uh, it's the highest rate in 23 years. Yeah. Is what we're looking at here. So when we when we think about it from that perspective, okay, yeah, we're seeing, you know, some of the different uh, pieces, how people feel about this. But in reality, I'd love to know how many people, and there's not very many out there, that get their either 10, 15, 30-year mortgage, and they keep that mortgage the entire time they're in the home. Yeah, that's true, right? So that's the old phrase that we like to use, right? Uh, marry the house, but date the rate, right? So if you can afford it, and then you're worried about the rate dropping, if the rate drops, refinance your house. Right? So that's exactly what I did. I mean, I hadn't been in the house but a year, and the rates dropped so much that we refinanced. So... Um, you know, it's just that's just a great option. Uh, again, you've got to be able to get into the house, but um, you know, uh, let's switch to. I don't know if it's darker news; it's weirder news um, because this is unfolding in Kansas City. You may have heard about a lawsuit, and the lawsuit um, is well it's it's Burnett versus the NAR and it's actually the NAR which of course is National Association of Realtors uh, along with I believe there are two defendants left I believe it, it was a class action I believe there were five or six defendants and the other defendants are uh, Keller Williams and Remax Remax is still in it and I think Oh I'm sorry uh, thought, no Remax is out. Yeah, Remax and Sotheby's which is uh, Better Homes and Gardens maybe yeah. or um, Berkshire Hathaway. That's I think I that's don't know. Berkshire don't, Hathaway scratch is Scratch everything I just said yeah. because I said all the wrong things. Yeah, but uh, they they uh, they've already settled. Uh, but the lawsuit is an antitrust lawsuit. 
And so what we wanted to do is take a minute and give you very general terms of the lawsuit. And uh, now I'm not an antitrust lawyer. As a matter of fact, I'm not any kind of lawyer. And, and I don't understand antitrust law. But this has to do with the way commissions are handled uh, in uh, real estate transactions generally. And so uh, particularly in residential, as a matter of fact, it's unusual for commercial or at least a lot less usual for commercial real estate to uh, kind of go this way. But if you bought or sold a home, uh, what you've learned is, is that the listing uh, agent or I'm sorry, the, the, the seller is frequently paying the listing agent a commission and then that listing agent is frequently splitting that commission in some fashion with a buying agent. Essentially, they say, hey, look, you're going to give me X percent, and I'm going to give half of that, let's say, to any agent out there who can bring us a ready, willing uh, buyer, right? Uh, a ready, willing, and qualified buyer. Ready, willing, and able. Able, yes. And so, um, and, and this is the way residential real estate has typically been handled for a long time. Now, there's a handful of reasons for this, um, but the, the general concept is, is uh, that most of the time it's your sellers that are going to be at the transaction, are going to be in a better cash position, um, and, and therefore, and of course, then you buy a home, and you buy a home without any extra cash out of pocket for commissions because the seller pays that commission. Uh, and then when you go to sell it, you do the you do the duty, if you will. And this is all contractually agreed upon. And this is one of the things that blows my mind about this whole ordeal is that there was a contract that the seller entered into. And the contract specified how the commission would be divvied up. And it specified specifically listing, specifically buyer. And this was all agreed to. And signed. Yeah. Well, Yet we don't, and, and, in this country, honor our contract <laughs> half of the time anymore. I don't, uh, this is something I just <laughs> do not understand, okay? It's well, but just, let, let's, let me break that down for a second, because w we certainly know what goes on in our area. We know about other areas, but neither one of us are experts on the nature of contracts and requirements all across the country. Here in the Kansas City metro, uh, as you guys know, I've been do doing real estate now for about four years, actually a little bit more. And uh, never once have I ever suggested that somebody isn't paying for my representation as a buyer. No, it's it, absolutely. They, as a matter it's of always somewhere, right? No yeah. matter what. As a matter and, of fact, I very specifically tell them, you, you do not have to bring extra cash to compensate me generally because of the way the system works. Um, but don't kid yourself. You are paying for me. You are, it's built into the cost of the home because that agent is charging their, the seller, and then that agent is splitting that commission with me uh, when I represent you as a buyer. Uh, the other thing is, is that, um, again, here in Kansas City, there, at least as long as I've been around, there has been no requirement that a selling agent requ is required to offer a buying agent any compensation. Yeah, as we said earlier, it's commonplace in multifamily commercial, bigger commercial deals, that the 
person representing the leasee or the buyer brings their own compensation for that individual and they want that representation. So it's not in this area, it's certainly not unheard of. And it's, it's not that mind blowing or revolutionary to me. I know some agents are wildly upset over this. Um, I think this is just an opportunity, honestly. Uh, it, it's hard. It's unfortunate that there is litigation involved at this point, because right. in my opinion, in litigation, no one wins, but the attorneys. That's right. That's just how, and I love you, my attorney friends out there. I know some of you listen to our podcast. I have a lot of attorney friends. However, in litigation, it's a fight between two parties that have not been able to resolve it civilly, uh, and they have chosen litigation as the way. And litigation is very costly, time-consuming. Uh, I said costly already, but I want to say expensive. Like, it's <laughs> it's heartbreaking. It, if anyone's ever been through a divorce or anything else, and I never want to go through a divorce, but I watched my brother go through one, and I know that that's different litigation it is still painstaking to be in a courtroom and deal with all of the things that come with that, whether it's divorce, a civil suit or whatever. It's just unpleasant. We all have things that we would rather be doing and could be more productive. So we'll uh, just to give you an idea of how this w case is going to land. Uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about why it would be a bad idea to uh, not allow that. Uh, but um this case is going to be decided. They anticipate a verdict coming down in November. Uh, and then uh, that verdict is going to be relatively irrelevant because no matter what it is, whether it's for the plaintiff or not, uh, they expect either side to immediately appeal and they expect it to be in appeals courts for several years. So, And this is the other frustrating thing about yeah. the legal system is it takes so blessed long. Yeah, careful there. She's getting red in the face. Oh. <sighs> But, but here's the thing. I, I don't understand uh, exactly what the goal is here, because if the goal is to say a seller uh, can no longer offer buyer agents commission, that, you know, a seller always has had that choice, at least as far as I'm concerned in this area, uh, and they should have that choice. And it's actually something that I explain to anybody I list with, as well as I explain where, you know, how compensation works. Uh, with buyers, who agents. trained you, Eric? They did uh, a really good job, yeah, didn't they? I, I know, I know. <laughs> I've got, I'll have to. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Um, oh. But uh, and also, I'm kind of a geek, and I like the details, and and I like to be precise. Uh, so that helps in in terms of uh, when I work with with buyers and sellers. But the um, uh, if we start saying, "Hey, sellers can't compensate this," what that really does is it says, "Look." buyer, not only do you have to come up with your down payment and closing costs, but if you want to be represented, and we'll talk about how important that is in a second, if you want to be represented, you have to come up with an extra chunk of cash to pay commission to your agent because your agent is no longer getting commission from the person who is likely to be cash strong at the end of this transaction. What this is going to do is really hurt people that are on the edge of that affordability, right? So this is going to be our lower economic communities. This is going to be the people who need the help the most. You know, and isn't that just the old how it is in the things? And, and my biggest fear is not about income. For me, my biggest fear is that people will choose to go in unrepresented. And having done 
dozens of transactions at this point, not the thousands you have done, but certainly, you know, dozens. I don't know. I would have to go back and count. Some of them have been extremely complicated. Uh, and we're constantly having to, heck, I've gotten to a point. All where, that to say it would have cost them a heck of a lot more than the commission, wouldn't it? Oh, my goodness. I In one deal, I've, I had to actually communicate with a probate lawyer and get that probate lawyer to do the job they should have done to begin with because they wouldn't take calls from the client. But for some reason, they would take calls from me or respond to emails, actually, technically. So, I mean... I, I, when I got into real estate, did if you had asked me, well, will you have to be talking to probate lawyers? I'd be like, no. I'm talking to one right now on a deal. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just the amazing amount of things that you know can go wrong that your great realtor is going to help you with is, is critical to protect you and to make sure you're not signing documents or committing to things that you don't completely understand. I mean, you know, our standard contract here in the Kansas City area is 16 pages. Plus addendums. And that's... Right. I mean, how often do you just deal with the standard contract, Eric? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Anyways. So... Hey, let's give out a couple of resources real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, NAR.Realtor. NAR.Realtor has an FAQ ses- uh, section of what's going on. Uh, also, competition.realtor. There are resources out there. You can go check them out. I'm even hearing from a lot of agents that they didn't understand these resources were out there. So, hey, everybody, there's some great resources out there to educate yourself a little bit more on what's going on. Bottom line is we don't think it's good for the consumer in any way of the facet. Probably not good for the buyers. Probably not good for the sellers. I mean, and, and probably is pretty much... Definitely not good for the buyers. Uh, You know, I think their claim is that they can bring down the cost, but I don't believe that to be true. I actually think they're going to increase the cost, kind of like all the regulations that get put into rentals. They say, oh, we're going to do this because we're going to lower the cost. And what has ended up happening every time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The cost has gone up and everybody that they were intending to help in the first place gets tremendously more hurt. And well and and those commission rates have been negotiable all along. You can nego- yeah. you, you can at least you know you can negotiate with your realtor. Your realtor may or may not want to and then We if- offer different services based on different pricing. It's just how it's available. Yeah. I mean there is no set structure on this. Yeah. There's no uh, there's no hey since you know uh, everybody charges x or everybody charges y. I mean yeah, are there some commonalities? Yeah, but I don't those are happenstance. But so is your dentist, so is your automotive yeah, guy, so exactly. is yeah. you know uh, your attorney. For example, if we look around at attorneys, uh, I've noticed frequently that they're Price per hour or Oh, my down gosh, pay. they're the same. They must be colluding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, and it's not like everyone's the same. They're certainly not in real estate. Uh, and then, you know, we adjust, uh, as, as you pointed out, we adjust our commission rates based on the services we provide. So, uh, and, and then, you know, I mean, you can attempt to negotiate with us. I get pretty firm on what I feel like I'm worth, but... Uh, well, we got to make a living here, Eric. And Come there, on. there is that. And as we well. do work extremely hard and make ourselves available at a lot of times and very, uh, almost never are we off limits completely. I mean, we just really work our tails off, to be honest. So, 
Speaking of which, uh, let's digress into something uh, and finish off with something that hopefully is a little bit more fun. Yeah, yeah. lightheartedness yeah. here. What, what, what's going on in your business? What's cool? What's fun? Yeah, well, I've got an amazing client that I've had the privilege of working with several different times uh, come to me with a package of properties. And the unfortunate part is his, his granny did pass away. And I'd work with his granny as well lots of times. She was such a cheerful woman. She was 90 years old. But let me just tell you that she died doing something that she loved and she died in her garden. I understand they said she was digging up her weeds around her marigold. So she passed away literally in her garden at 90 years old doing what she loved. So I'm very happy about that part nice. because that's, you know, kind of the silver lining. But we're working on this this package deal, and uh, gosh, I've been fielding, like I said, the investor calls just left and right, trying to get the best deal for my client, and so still working on that package of properties. We've got part of them under contract now that actually just came to fruition yesterday, and then we've got some other ones, and we had some rentals out there. Uh, got a couple of rentals coming up, but nothing too major, and and you know, working on all those deals, and we met with the yeah. A couple. To say for me, right? It's well, it's actually for us, but uh, I'll go ahead and claim it as my own on the podcast. Uh, but uh, some clients that Jen had uh, quite a while ago bought a house uh, on the east side of the city. Uh, they have decided to, and this is so cool because they're pretty young, uh, they've decided now to take some money they've saved up and go ahead and buy a piece of property as an investment property and then rent it out. So it's been, we've got to meet uh their uh, attitude is fantastic. Their realism is fantastic. They, I just love, uh, I, I think they get that real estate is going to be a great wealth building opportunity for them. And uh, I'm so, we, we just met and I'm so looking forward to going and touring homes with them. And we just met to, you know, kind of lay out the plan and and put the uh, the searches together and whatnot. So. Oh yeah, no, and since our last rendezvous here at the podcast, we have had our grand opening. That's true, right? Yeah. So, and, and, you know, if you listen uh, to the podcast, you know that back in about June of this year that we uh, relaunched essentially July, July uh, Dream Properties Real Estate became official, switching over from our old branding. And we actually finally got together with the Northland Regional Chamber of Commerce that we're really active in. We just love uh, Jenny Johnston and everybody in that chamber. Jenny's the president, and I had the opportunity to go on the legislative trip with them. And we just really enjoy uh, the partnership of they're, business and referrals. They're, great the they're yeah. so great. But they came and did a grand opening for us, and we invited basically everybody. Because if you're on my Facebook or on your Dream Properties or anywhere else, you were invited to this grand opening. So don't tell me that you didn't get an invite because I invited everybody. <laughs> I invited the internet eric That's so right. everybody was invited but we had a awesome turnout so thank you if you came out to our grand opening uh we gave away a 100 gift card uh chuck uh defarcus defarcus bring your carcass to defarcus yeah yeah so, but he's moved companies though so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but uh yeah uh, he he won that but uh yeah no it's it's true and we've uh We've we've done uh, really well, I think, in terms of getting ourselves established and whatnot. That's an ongoing process. It'll take some more time to truly done. But but service to clients hasn't changed, nor has our philosophy significantly changed. Matter of fact, we've just gotten better with systems and process. Exactly. That's one of the things yeah. that this whole uh, 
transition was about is becoming a better version of what was already pretty amazing. So that's really what we're striving for. Yeah. And uh, the team is wonderful. And um, and and we do uh, run our brokerage in a true uh, work team uh, mentality. And so um, you can call any one of us uh, and and still sort of get the, the same great service. And then when we have conflicts because you know we are we're doing things in evenings we're doing things on the weekends we're you know say nothing of during regular business hours and so as realtors you know sometimes when you need to go see this property on a thursday and i happen to have you know theater tickets or something um then one of the other great team members will hop in and, and go show you that property so absolutely i love our team-based mentality focusing on all of our core values it's awesome yeah absolutely so uh yeah, it's going to be fun uh, working with them. That's uh, obviously one of the things we've got going on. Um, and, uh, I, you know, just as a, as a general rule, um, it's interesting to see what's going on as with all of the uh, slowdowns in the market, right, in terms of the inventory, um, it, it's, you know, there's a lot of realtors out there. And so it's also interesting to see the ones that uh, – haven't planned as well. We got to um, turn lemons into lemonade. Yeah, I have a feeling that we're going to be, you know, um, probably decreasing their ranks a little bit over the next year or two, which is not necessarily a bad thing because, as a general rule, unless somebody's ready to retire, the reason they leave the ranks is because they're not uh, they're not producing, and uh, f- most likely they're the less qualified agents. So. Well, and here's, you know, I go back to something that people on the podcast have probably heard me say before, but that is real estate is the best get-rich-slow <laughs> scheme ever because it's that consistency. It's the day-in, day-out, you know, and it's interesting even just driving down. There's a, a real estate company up the way here that I saw vividly for a while. Um, and by a while, I mean three to six months. And then I have not heard anything from them for quite some time. And now there's a concrete company there. So ah. I just saw that here driving over uh, to the studio and it was like, man, I, I know they were hitting it hard, but that's something that we do daily. I mean, this is real estate is our full time gig day in, day out, every day, all day. And I was even talking to my uh, shooting partners down in Kabul, Missouri, that, you know, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not answering a phone call, answering. And I love it, by the way, you know, some Jen, people- I don't think there's an hour that goes by. <laughs> I think there, at two o'clock in the morning, I think you, you set an alarm to get up to do something real estate related. No, I do not. To be fair, I sleep seven solid hours a night. I am not giving up my sleep. That is one of the ways that I fuel my body to do all the things that I do. So I'm not giving that up. <laughs> all right, everybody. That's going to be a wrap for today's Today's Dream. Again, it's November 1st, 2023. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast. We hope the information is valuable. And that's going to be it for another great episode of Get Real KC. Until next time. You have been listening to Get Real KC with Eric Jurgensen and Jen Justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, visit us at dreamhomesbygen.com where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters to you.